0: Welcome to Two Two Queers Queers Walk walk Into into a Church. church. Today we're going to talk about tarot cards and astrology. My name is Emily and I currently am just a behavioral therapy technician at this point. That you are days. other
1: things, too. I am.
0: You're just <laughs> to work your other job right now. That's correct. Because of the Rona. The Ro- Miss Rona. Miss Rona. Get out. And you are? I am
1: Dom, and I work in the city of Detroit with youth that are, some of them are part of the juvenile justice system, and uh, the main focus of my job is to help underserved youth and minorities stay in school and know
0: their rights. Yeah. All right. So like I said, we're going to talk about astrology and tarot cards. I personally have just gotten into the whole astrology thing. It's just very interesting to me as to how on point it is, especially for my life specifically. How about you, Dawn? So...
1: I truthfully am like the worst kind of gay in the world. As I already said to you earlier, I'm really not into astrology like at all. I have learned a lot about it and and as well as like tarot cards, but just like not my gig. I just don't really care for it all that much. I understand why people enjoy it and like why people get into it. I can see the value in it but it's just not really my thing. Like, I'm going to have to read off what all of my signs mean, because I don't even know.
0: (laughs) Yes. I think it's fun. It is. It's fun. And, like,
1: I enjoy all the, like, incredible memes about being a Pisces and, like, what all of that entails. But as far, like, anything further than that, I just haven't really gotten into it, to be honest.
0: That makes sense. All right, do you want to go into tarot cards first or do you want to go into astrology first?
1: Let's go into astrology first. Okay. What's your sign? Signs.
0: <laughs> so I am a Sagittarius. Okay. I have Cancer as my moon, and then I have Sagittarius also as my ascendant. So. Oh. fine. I've been told that having a lot of Sagittarius on my chart makes things very crazy. Crazy in like, uh, what kind of way? Like, I'm just going to encounter a lot of struggle in my life, which I found to be very, very, very true. Yeah. So yeah, and then my Mars, which is supposed to be like the one that specifically talks about like when you get angry and things like that that's in Scorpio <laughs> so mm-hmm. I have so many so many it's not negative it's just very intense I have very intense signs in my in my chart how about you Okay,
1: I'm looking at mine right now because I need a cheat sheet and so I've like read what all of these things mean but they just like they don't stay in my brain I don't like if somebody was like oh what are your signs I would only be able to tell you I'm a Pisces I wouldn't be able to tell you anything else mm, okay. I only know because I'm cheating right now so yeah I'm a Pisces sun and then my ascendant or rising is Gemini which i don't know anything about gemini's i feel like people say bad things about gemini's but i don't yeah like i don't know what it means to be honest
0: a lot of people like with the bad thing are gonna say like oh well it means you're two-faced or you have like you can switch really fast like if you're you can be happy one moment and then you can be really angry the next but i think Mm. that mostly has to do with like the duality of like you're not just one thing which which one did you say I that think was? That's kind of true for me in a
1: way. Like I'm I, I feel like I have a lot of hats. Yes, that I wear, but I would never say that I'm two-faced. I feel like I'm certainly not that. Yeah. Um if anything, sometimes I'm uncomfortably truthful with everyone, but I don't uh yeah, no. But I could see the like duality as far as like I have a lot of different facets of me, I guess. Yeah maybe that could be true for me. Yeah. And then my my moon is Scorpio, which aren't they like mean and crazy?
0: They can be. They can be. So let's, let's get into this. So I'm going off of the site mindbody.io. And basically, I'm going to go over like the different positions of the planets and like what it means for like what does your sun sign mean what does it mean to have a moon you know and then ascend it so the sun is like your identity it's the essence of what you project out into the world it's what drives you? And it's basically like what you aspire to be as your true self. Cause a lot of people, they'll say, I am, like you said, I am a Pisces. I am a Sagittarius. That's who you are. So it, the sun sign is an element that is helpful in understanding your self expression tendencies and how you recharge. So if your sun sign is an air sign, like Gemini, Libra, or Aquarius, you love to express yourself intellectually and often recharge in social settings. If your sun sign is a fire sign, like myself, you are motivated by inspirations and aspirations and recharged through physical activity and by pursuing your goals. If your sun sign is an earth sign, like Taurus, Virgo, or Capricorn, you are motivated by material needs and practicality and recharged through working with the physical world, being productive, and feeding your senses. If your sun sign is a water sign, you are motivated by deep emotional desires and recharge through emotional experiences. True. So I feel like that's definitely true for you. That's very true for me, for sure. Mm -hmm. So the moon, which is usually the second sign that people usually figure out, it's the soul behind your identity. It's the subconscious side of yourself that you typically keep hidden. And it's the driving force behind your emotional reactions. So like I'm... A cancer moon so that just means I cry a lot (laughs) which I'm just very I am very emotional okay so your moon side helps you feel pleasure and pain joy and sorrow and gives insight into how you nurture and restore yourself if your moon is an air sign like Gemini Libra or Aquarius you react to changing experiences with discernment and objective evaluation You feel most aligned with your inner self when expressing ideas and interacting socially. If your moon sign is a fire sign, Aries, Leo, or Sagittarius, you react with changing experiences with direct action and excitement. You feel most aligned with your inner self when expressing confidences, ditching negative self-talk, and showing strength. If your moon is an earth sign, which is Taurus, Virgo, or Capricorn, you react to changing experiences with steadiness and stability. You feel most aligned with your inner world when being productive or working towards a goal. If your moon is a water sign, Cancer, Scorpio, or Pisces, you react to changing experience with sensitivity and emotion and you feel aligned with your inner self when your feelings are deeply involved. That is me. You what was your moon sign? that's mine too scorpio
1: Mm -hmm. i'm a water sign ass bitch (laughs) as
0: fuck fluid (laughs) yes yeah and then your rising sign is your social personality so it's like what you put out maybe it's not necessarily like who you are but it's like how you interact with the the rest of the world like gotcha. an energy that you put out. So if your rising sign is an air sign, so Gemini, Libra or Aquarius, you are mentally quick, inquisitive, friendly and prefer to express yourself verbally. You often yeah. approach <laughs> you That's often me. you often approach life with a desire to understand the meaning of what or whom you encounter. That includes being intentional with your movement if you're um,
1: my my rising is gemini yeah sorry i cut you off i thought you were done
0: no you're fine it's all good no that that makes very much sense if your rising sign is a fire sign aries leo or sagittarius you are an action-oriented confident and often blunt ouch <laughs> <laughs> you often have great vitality and physical energy especially when striving to make your mark in the world if your rising sign is an earth sign Taurus, Virgo, or Capricorn. You are matter of fact and tend to focus on the material world. You often have a steadfast approach to life that can be a grounding force, especially during stressful times for many. If your rising sign is a water sign, Cancer, Scorpio, or Pisces, you are sensitive, empathetic, and easily influenced by your environment. And you should say hello to your plants in your home more often.
1: Oh, well, I don't. I don't really talk to my plants a whole lot, but uh, I
0: do give them a lot of love. So plants have water inside of them, so if you talk to your plants, it's very much the same as like when you supposedly when you talk to water or things that have water in them and it's supposed to like the water can feel emotions. So if you say happy oh. things to your water or happy things to your plants, they react positively to that.
1: So, you no know that actually you may be onto something there. I'm gonna start talking to my fucking orchid that dies all the time.
0: Yeah. I'm struggling with my plants in this COVID nineteen era. My
1: orchid is the only plant that I can't keep alive. And I think it's because when you buy an orchid I'm ranting now, but go ahead. Buy an orchid at the store, they don't put them in like drained pots. They put them in like cute pots. But like orchids get root rot so fast and every single time I, I've had the same orchid for like two years probably and every wow. single time there's a problem with it it's root rot and if I think it's finally done like I don't think I can bring it back from this root rot that it got and it's my own fault because I should have put it in a pot that drained better anyway. Yeah, so I I'm just, gonna buy a new I'm just, orchid. I'm gonna put it in a pot that drains well, and I'm gonna speak to it.
0: Yes, yeah. manifest growth. Yeah, I have all of my plants. I'm well. I killed. I'm so. I was so annoyed. I got too excited about the fact that it was a really sunny day in like fucking March, and I put my <laughs> aloe plant outside because I was Ugh. like, my aloe plant because I had moved it away from a window to into my living room, and then I and it was starting to die, and I was like, fuck. But I already had too many plants in the kitchen again, so there wasn't room for my big-ass aloe plant, and then it was a nice sunny day in March, and so I put it out, and that was one of the days where it was like 60 degrees today, and then it's going to snow tomorrow. Oh, God. And I didn't check the weather, and I killed it I real dead. I feel like
1: aloe, I think you have to be really careful with aloe, too, because they're really good in full sun, but they also like dry out easily. Yeah, which is so which means you just have to like water it a whole fucking lot.
0: You actually don't. You're supposed to let it get real fucking dry. Like you're supposed oh, to really water, you're supposed to like douse it. Oh, let it okay. get super yeah. fucking dry and, and then, then you can douse like, it okay. again. Gotcha. Which I suck at like remembering the the schedule on which I need to water my plants. So
1: let me tell you what you should do then because I am also really bad at remembering like, which plants need to be watered when. So I downloaded an app. Ooh. This is not a paid promotion, folks. It is called Planta, and it's free. You can pay for the upgraded version, which I did do because I love plants and gardening and stuff. But even the most basic version, you just type in what kind of plant it is, um, oh, and it tells you God. how often you have to water it, and it actually sends you a reminder on the day that your plant needs to be watered or misted or fertilized it like sends a notification to your phone it's very handy and now all of my plants are like looking real good because i do it exactly when i'm supposed to and if you get the upgraded version all you have to do is like snap a picture of it and it pulls it up and it tells you what kind of plant it is because sometimes i have plants that are just old and i don't remember what the name of them are
0: i see
1: so fun fact planta is really good to help you remember when to water stuff
0: That sounds delightful. And this has been the plant hour. (laughs) (laughs)
1: We're actually talking about plants today. Yeah. Forget about astrology and tarot cards. (laughs) So I learned a lot in that short time about what all of those different things mean your sun and your moon and all of that. You just taught me something. I didn't know any of that.
0: Yeah. I just think it's very fun because like I, I mean, I could go into the whole like different houses, but I, I, yeah. I would just be reading a whole bunch just, but like every single different thing, like you have your, your sun, your moon, your rising, and then you have different houses and then you have what position every single one of the planets were in when you were born. So you like, like I was saying, like your Mars, your Mars has to do with the fact that like how you react when you're angry and my mars is in scorpio so that means like i'm just very intense when i get angry but like literally every single one of the plants means something different which i think is just like really cool because part of the reason i just really like this is the fact that even in the bible like they talk about the magi were tracking the moon and the stars and they figured out when jesus was going to be born Based on the planets and the stars being aligned, so I was like, That's basically right. astrology, yeah, right? Then it and is there, absolutely astrology. So they knew exactly when something crazy was going to happen, and so they were tracking the signs. So I was like, You know what? A lot of this stuff makes sense, and that's because you know god created the sun and moon and stars and if they are aligned in a certain way and if that makes us a certain way then what am i to say that this is all like poppycock and hoo-hoo or whatever the fuck yep
1: yep you may i absolutely agree and i feel like people who argue and we'll talk about tarot cards later too but people who try to say that like astrology has no biblical basis are the same people that think that like god and science can't be like in the same sentence because if you're like, okay, let's say, for example, if you take a college course about astronomy, which is, you know, the the academia version of astrology, you learn very similar things. You learn about the way, you know, the Earth functions and how the planets rotate and stars and all that bullshit. But you do also learn about... Those constellations like Gemini and Pisces and how they, those constellations are only visible during the parts of the year that, you know, are relevant for that time. And so I just think it's interesting that people deny astrology, even though I've never gotten into astrology and it's never really like been my thing or that I haven't really learned it. I've never really understood why people refute it so much from like a biblical aspect because there's no denial of God involved in it. Yeah. Um. It's just, like, stating that the planets and stars looked a certain way at a certain point in your life, and that has to do with, like, the pull of the ocean, and we're made of water, so that does impact our bodies and, like, the way we're made up, but that in and of itself doesn't deny an existence of God in any way, shape, or form. So I don't understand why there's, like, this biblical refute against astrology, because there's no, like, stand against God in that so yeah that doesn't really make sense to me
0: yeah i think obviously like astrology has been around five ever but i think like western knowledge of astrology it's come and gone i think kind of like with every single different trend that has affected america or the western world but you know like in the 60s and 70s uh, everybody figured that stuff out and it was popular then because everybody was like way more free in the 60s and the 70s and then also in the 90s people started talking about that stuff because it started to be being a part of cosmopolitan other gendered stupid magazines. <laughs> gendered magazines that were specifically posted towards women none mm-hmm. of this was ever advertised for men which is why a lot of the time astrology was put down because they're like oh that's something that women believe in to try right. and figure out when they're gonna get a man or whatever so i feel like <laughs> a lot of the fact that astrology is put down is because it's traditionally seen as something that women are into and yeah. women are not valuable members of society so and the fact that it comes from eastern european slash just straight up eastern influence in people of eastern european or just eastern descent have always been lower class or at least looked upon as lower class by western society unfortunately mm-hmm. so It's just when you think about the different complexities as to why people would not want to do that, it just always keeps getting rooted in like racism and sexism, which is really sad because like, even if you don't actually think that there's any merit to it, it's still fun to look at. Like, it's not hurting anybody. It's not, oh my God, like, like if you're a Christian, you're not giving up your faith in Jesus just because Mm -hmm. you look at your, your chart. It's just interesting.
1: Yep. I absolutely agree with you. And I did a lot of research just about, like, the origins, which I guess this technique has more to do with, with tarot, but, like, a lot of the origins of these things were originally rooted, I don't want to say rooted, had some relation to Christianity and Judaism. Mm-hmm. The reason why those cards came to be is there was a, a rebellion, I guess, so to speak, against traditional learning in, in context to, like, reading the Bible or reading the Torah. But they used still a lot of, like, historically accurate or what, you know, people believe to be historically accurate representations of biblical things. So, like, for tarot cards specifically, they used the imagery on, like, the what is known as, like, the first deck of tarot cards was, like, pictures of... Uh, catholic churches and like stained glass and saints and things of that sort so like even though it's not like technically rooted in christianity they pulled from a lot of the values and like their traditions of those things Mm -hmm. so i've also always struggled with that and i know we're not quite onto tarot cards yet but that just made me think of like how people are like so quick to shun those things without even understanding like the historical context of it and like where those things came from.
0: Yeah. So I, yeah. I don't know, I just always
1: found that interesting.
0: Yeah. I think it also like kind of just goes back to the fact that especially like evangelicalism in the I don't I'm not sure sure about the eighties because I wasn't alive then. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I know like growing up in the nineties, evangelicals were <laughs> pushing away anything that specifically had to do with anything that wasn't Christian, for sure, I wasn't allowed to watch like Pokemon or Sailor Moon or whatever. Like even though they're like genuinely just little kid shows that mm-hmm. have really good values and they talk about like friendship and being true to one another, honesty, and like right,
1: you know, but being in a any good friend. Details. <laughs> yeah. Turn it off. <laughs> veggie yeah. Tales and Veggie Tales only. Correct.
0: Maybe Magic School Bus
1: my parents were actually like super didn't give a shit to be honest but everyone i grew up with was not allowed to watch like anything except veggie tales
0: yeah yeah thankfully i was allowed to watch magic school bus and Arthur, which i'm sorry but dw was a bitch so like... dw
1: was absolutely
0: a bitch. <laughs> so the fact that like my mom was like i don't want you watching sailor moon because they have short skirts but you can watch DW, who is a literal bitch to everyone. <laughs> like, what the fuck, Mom? But yeah, I think it just goes back to fear of doing anything that could be considered not Christian. My par- Both my parents grew up in non-God-fearing homes, or like, you know, like the type where they're like, oh we go to church you know but it's it's like when people say like i'm catholic but i don't practice type thing i think that they both came from those type of situations but then when they became christians they were like we are going to be the exact opposite of anything that Mm -hmm. we could have been like even if it's just like i have pictures of both my parents in ridiculously short shorts and obvious and like it it was fine and it was a fashion choice back then but as soon as like they became christians were like long skirts skorts if necessary no tight jeans (laughs) yeah it's just I don't know if that's just like a we have to keep up appearances with everybody else or it it just I just think it just goes back to the fact that like if it's not Christian it's not gonna happen like we have to make sure we have to prove that we're Christians by like not being part of anything secular quote unquote secular you know I agree it's all fear based
1: (laughs) yep absolutely Yes, And it's more, it has to do with, like, control. If you allow people, and this this idea that people can't think and create their own relationship with God is really rooted in control entirely. That's how all the different denominations came to be, is because you weren't allowed to be a part of, you know, the Roman Catholic Church and then ask questions because, you know, the Pope is supposed to be, the end-all be-all, and then when people started asking questions, and people wanted the Bible translated in languages that they could read, so they could read the Bible for themselves, it was, like, this big revolt, and then it led to all these different denominations today, Mm -hmm. and, like, that still is happening, obviously, on large scale, and then just in the sense that, like, people are starting to learn that your relationship with God is your relationship with God, Not, you know, having to be a people pleaser. However, I will say for the masses of Christians, most of them are still probably trying to be people pleasers and trying to, like, fit into what what Christianity looks like and kind of, like, struggling to get away from that. Because if you, for the most part, if you don't fit into what people think Christianity looks like, then they just assume you're either not a Christian or they think that they have the power to tell you that you're not a christian or that you're not serving god or that you're you know whatever it might be which is we know is bullshit but for people who don't have a relationship with god and didn't grow up in church or or you know haven't been exposed in a in any kind of positive way then they're just like well i don't want to be associated with those kind of people anyway and yeah. so they just write off religion and god entirely because they're like well i don't I don't want to subscribe to all of that. So I guess I just don't want any of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I saw something that my sister reposted recently where if you see somebody who literally has been a part of your church and has claimed Christianity, but then has just recently made a declaration of, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in God anymore. The church and especially like any friends that they may have in the church should not attack that person. They should come to that person with love. Because obviously that person is hurting. And the fact that a lot of Christians, as soon as they hear somebody doesn't believe that or they believe differently, their immediate response is to go on the attack. What the fuck? What happened to you? What, what's wrong? Like it, but not what happened to you in like a nurturing, positive way. It's what the fuck? What did in you a do wrong? Way. Yeah. But people who shy away from the church or in general or Anything that has to do with the church, if you really want to be a good Christian and if you really care about that person, you can ask questions and not just say, well, you're fucked up, obviously. It's like, right. can I help you in any way? Can I be of service to you? And I feel like if more church people were like that towards people who have either shunned Christianity or have expressed a, a want to explore other things, either besides Christianity or without Christianity, then like maybe the church wouldn't be so awful to everyone you know so yeah for sure so let's talk a little
1: bit about tarot cards
0: Hell more, yeah
1: since Hell we delved yeah. into astrology a little bit mm-hmm. so what is your experience with tarot cards or do you have any experience with tarot cards at all
0: well i've i've had um a couple tarot readings done and there were Pretty spot on honestly. I've never tried to read tarot myself, but I did just buy a card set because I was like, it's Miss Brona season. What else am I gonna do with all this mm-hmm, free time? Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that because when tarot cards are used, a lot of my friends say that it's like tarot cards aren't like supposed to like read they, they do sometimes predict things, but it's more about like, okay, what do I need to learn today? It's kind of like opening yourself up and saying, what could I take on today that will better myself, essentially? How about you? What is, what is your experience with tarot? So
1: I have read a lot about tarot and I've had tarot readings before in the past, but not recently. I have a lot of friends that love tarot and do tarot and all of those things. I personally don't have tarot cards or really an interest in doing that. I wouldn't mind, like, if somebody read my cards to me. I just don't have an interest in it in, like, a hobby way. But I think it's cool. And, again, like, I think there's value in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand why people enjoy it, but I don't. I don't
0: have, like, a ton of experience with it. That makes sense. Again, one of those activities that was considered hedonistic by the yep. church. And, like, yep. how dare you? And, like, it's fortune-telling, so mm-hmm. it's against Jesus. Yep. So the argument
1: that I always heard growing up, which I feel like I've shared this with you before, because when I was thinking about it this morning, I I feel like we've had this conversation but the argument that I always heard was you shouldn't be seeking direction from anyone but God. And I get that from a Christian perspective, if you're someone who's practices Christianity and other religions as well, but from my experience, Christianity, there is a taboo or a, you know, shame and stigma behind doing anything but praying, essentially. And I feel like... I I can respect that. I can respect why people feel that way. I personally don't think that tarot cards are sinful. Mostly because they're... My definition of sin is something that separates you from God. Yes. If it causes a separation between you and God in a negative way, that, sure. Well, if, like, if sin had a definition, that's how I would define sin. So, I feel like... If you practice tarot cards, I don't see how that puts a wedge between you and God. Yeah. Maybe that's how God speaks to you. How do I know? Like I'm not God. And so how do I know how he chooses to communicate with you? I don't. I just don't.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I agree because I I feel like especially because like many people have the idea that especially in christian circles or whatever whenever they're talking about tarot reading or palm reading they're like oh well it's gonna be like this grizzled old woman who's gonna tell you your future and gonna tell you how your life is gonna end up and it's like okay but if we talk about like what tarot cards or palm reading or whatever actually does it's figuring out things within yourself that maybe you weren't aware of already so it's not like this lady is deciding like I mean, I'm sure there are some people who make because, you know, you always hear the trope like it's like um, a psychic is going to tell you your future and like make money off of you and just like just spout bullshit or whatever. But if you're doing it on your own or you're, you have a friend doing it for you, it's just revealing something that might come up in your life or something that maybe you need to uncover within yourself that maybe you yourself are not aware of or are maybe like Purposely or unconsciously turning a blind eye to, so it's really not revealing anything that you don't already know. And plus, the the Bible says like the if if nobody else cries out to the Lord, the rocks will. So like, why can't cards? <laughs> right. You
1: know. Uh, I I used that exact scripture one time because I was talking to somebody about crystals, mm-hmm. and it was somebody that yes. I like, grew up with and went to church with. And she was like, I just think, like, this idea that, that, you know, these rocks can give you energy and that they can do things for you really takes away from the power of God and yada, yada, yada. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. If God created everything, then God created rocks. And if God created rocks, then they do have energy. And if God created everything and everything has a purpose then those rocks have a purpose. How do you know? Because you don't. That's my whole thing with, like, Christianity is, like, you don't know. Did you, like, personally talk to God and he told you that, like, those crystals were, like, of the... No, he didn't. He didn't tell you those crystals were of the devil. You just came up with that because somebody told you that the only guidance you should ever have is the Bible, which is bullshit. It just is. So... Who am I to say that those crystals, rocks, whatever, their purpose isn't created by God and isn't, you know, whatever the purpose of those particular particles or whatever it might be? Mm-hmm. And she was like, didn't respond. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course, because they have because no, what, what, they have are no backup. How you
1: argue that?
0: You really can't. You can't. It's crazy. Well, because, like, I also, like, I don't know how much you talk to her, but we used to have a a, a mutual friend. And I went to go do yoga with her one time at a yoga studio. Mm. And she she didn't tell me this beforehand, but she told me afterwards. Because we had, like, a wonderful time. It was really great. It was like a beginner's course. Nothing crazy. We were surrounded by so many old women who were doing this. And then I, we got out and I was like, wow, I just feel so invigorated. I feel so wonderful. And she's like, well, yeah, I was like, I feel really great, too. But I was like, super worried about coming into this because like, I heard yoga is from the devil. And I was like, <laughs> okay, so you're really rebellious then <laughs> if you just like decided yeah, to just do real. something that was like, so like, is it like, this is a person that. You and I know where, like, she is just, like, she won't even wear, like, triangles on her, on her, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about, on her clothes because she's just, like, which is hilarious because, like, literally, like, the Trinity is a triangle, but, anyways. Ooh, the (laughs) T. But she she was just like yeah it was just so wonderful and i felt i was just open and everything i was like yeah because it is technically a spiritual practice but there's no actual religion specific religion tied to it like yes it it comes from different religions practice it and christianity doesn't usually use it as like a form of worship but i was like It one hundred percent can be a form of worship for you. You are using and stretching and exalting with your body, so like you can be praying during that. But it it all goes back to the fact that where does yoga come from? The East, Mm -hmm. and so racism, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's for real, for real, for real, for real. And it's just like like because it's not specifically a part of Western American evangelical or even like pentecostal at this point with her christianity it's evil why why do you, you close yourself off to so many wonderful experiences so by, many great things by doing that Anyways.
1: It no and i think that's a great point and like you know like you said doing yoga is first of all doing yoga is a personal experience so it's like you're whether it's spiritual for you or not doesn't matter because it's specific to you you can be in the room with 50 people doing yoga which sounds awful to me but <laughs> if you were <laughs> you could be in the room with 50 people doing yoga and every single person's experience is different yeah so it's like why does it matter if the person over there I don't care if you are like doing satanic chants over in the corner because that doesn't affect me like I'm gonna do what I want to do over in my corner and practice yoga in the way that I want to practice it even if you do meditate people also think that meditation is like
0: yes (laughs) like
1: I I don't know anti-god or like satanic or you know whatever in some way or which is also rooted in racism for sure because it's another thing that like people in other cultures do as part of their cultural practices. And we don't want to acknowledge those things. So we pretend that they're bad
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: or against God or whatever, which is absurd. But also let's just consider that like, it doesn't matter what someone else is doing. It It's like, I, why do I care if, you know, This person over here is practicing a different religion than I am or having a different spiritual experience. Or maybe they just like to fucking stretch. Maybe they just love to stretch. What a concept. Some people just do yoga because it has nothing to do with spirituality at all. But they just like to fucking stretch. And good for them. I love stretching too. That's great. I feel like people have demonized these things. Because it's either from another culture and evangelicalism, Christianity are inherently pretty racist in their traditions and the way that we demonize people that don't look like us or act like us or pray like us or whatever. But we also love to control things. And if people, if religion and spirituality is a personal experience then you can't tell other people how to behave if you get to go and do yoga by yourself or with a group of people that are different than you and you still get to have a religious slash spiritual experience on your own while you're doing yoga and you learn that having a relationship with god or the earth or whatever divinity or deity or whatever it is that you believe in if you learn that that's an individual experience that means the church can't control you anymore. Yeah. And when the church can't control you anymore, you ain't gonna pay your fucking tithes. You're not gonna show up and stack chairs for fun. You're not gonna clean the God's toilets just because. You're gonna do it because you think that you're gonna receive punishment if you don't do it. Or you're not gonna receive salvation or whatever it is that religion is holding over your head at that point of time. And I'm not saying all church people do this, but let's just say for the vast majority that's what happens. So we can't allow people to think that they're allowed to have an individualized experience with their own relationship with God or their own spirituality because then people get to do whatever they want. And yep. God yeah, God forbid that, because then the church, as in the physical buildings and the systems that are are, you know, function around the church, such as patriarchy and all of those things will fall and we can't let that happen so we have to pretend that religion is a collective experience and we all have to do the same thing
0: preach (laughs) i'm mad (laughs) (laughs) big mood i so agree with that everything is a control Mm -hmm. tactic with evangelicalism and it's just sad it's just very sad
1: it is it's it's really really frustrating I got into a a Facebook argument today. It was brief because I just decided that it just like was not worth it. But a church that I used to go to, the pastor's wife like shared this thing about. She shared an article from Mel Gibson, and he was like, "What is he
0: doing? This is the Mel Mel Gibson Gibson. alive. (laughs) Stop! You can't go out and make a
1: thing about how." Anyone who hates Donald Trump is anti God, and that's what the article is about. And then she shared it, and she was like, "Liberals are anti God. They hate Donald Trump, which means they're anti God because Donald Trump is the embodiment of Christianity.
0: Idolatry.
1: Anybody, anybody who is a liberal doesn't have morals. Like she went on this like long thing." And I was gonna argue- I argued with her a little bit, and then I was like, this just isn't worth it, because then she was, like, accusing me of being hateful, and she was like, anyone who is of hate- because I said I didn't, like- I was like, I don't fuck with Donald Trump, like, and you don't get to tell me that because I don't fuck with Donald Trump that I don't love God, like, fuck you. I didn't say that, (laughs) but I was like- I wanted to be like, fuck you, Brenda, okay? I won't say your last name, but fuck you. And so- I don't even care. Leave that in there. Don't cut it out. I want everyone (laughs) to hear it. Brenda. anyway, Brenda's also, like, a generic white woman name, you know? So just because I think Donald Trump is a monster doesn't mean I, like, think he deserves death or, like, whatever. Like, I understand the concept of God loves everyone. I don't get it. Like, I I don't—it fucking baffles me, like, why anyone would love Donald Trump— But, you know, I don't understand God either, so, like, whatever. Anyway, it infuriated me that someone would suggest that you have to subscribe to a specific political party to love God yeah and i was like this is a perfect example of how control happens people think in order to love god you have to be a conservative and you have to vote these ways and if you don't vote these ways according to the church you don't love god and you're anti-god and you have no morals
0: what (laughs) what oh man yep and this is why we have separation of church and state
1: i just can't believe uh,
0: no not really not when it comes to evangelicals i just can't believe that mel gibson was allowed to have facebook (laughs) that's my big takeaway from that (laughs) he's super fucking gibson anti-semitic
1: don't even get me started (laughs) don't even get me started on fucking mel gibson but anyway he's basically a nazi Mel Gibson is probably a Nazi, and I'm not out here just, like, calling anybody Nazis, but if you have the nerve to write a fucking article, Mel Gibson, about how you have to either love Donald Trump or be anti-God, no.
0: I just, no, I don't fucking think so. When you put big, huge, bold parameters on how people can love God and what they have to do to love God, then it's it's very borderline like dictatorship like absolutely it is like for instance i went to china Your the religion of china is usually buddhism uh tibetan buddhism specifically and you're allowed to be a christian in china but you can't openly practice I mean, you're technically not allowed, but you you could be-
1: largely frowned upon? Yeah,
0: well, you can go to jail if you outwardly are like, you know, praise Jesus or whatever. There are certain church groups in China that are allowed to have services and things like that. But the pastor has a, a government official that's assigned to him. And if the pastor says anything that's against the government, he can be taken to jail on the spot. When church services start in China, they say government first, God second. Then Mm. they sit down and have their services. So the fact that the, that, and everybody wants to demonize China right now, especially since like the whole coronavirus thing is happening. And people who, not everybody who supports Trump is like this, I'm sure. But it just seems like the vast majority, or at least the ones that are active on social medias or who are, videographed or whatever (laughs) they're very much like you said like you if you're a christian if you're an evangelical if you're a pentecostal christian if you are a true christian you will follow donald trump and it's just it's kind of terrifying to be to to be honest because it's like we're going to demonize eastern cultures that are very much like you need to follow our leader or else your religion needs to follow our leader or else and we demonize them but it's okay as long as it's a white man and as long as it's christianity yep which is terrifying don't you
1: know em christianity is the only religion in the world that matters did you know Yep. (laughs) white people we're the only people on the world that matters yep our opinions, our ideologies go above all else
0: because they're right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <sighs> Terrifying. Terrifying. It it really is.
1: <sighs> okay, we kind of started going in a different direction. It's like,
0: okay. It I all think works. It all does it, work. It I fits. think I think that I'm I'm very glad that we had this time to rant about angry stuff. And I think it's all very worth it. I think I will not title this episode astrology and tarot cards because we definitely got into a whole bunch of different things that'll probably come up with something that has to do with like Western denial of Eastern stuff. Yes. You'll see it when you're listening to this podcast. You will have seen the title that I so cleverly came up with. (laughs) But I think all of the points are very important that we made in that, and it needs to be something that is thought about because I think a lot of Western evangelical white people don't think about all the different undertones Mm -hmm. because while there are just out and out racist people out and out anti-semitic people out and out sexist you know everything every all of those things there are i would argue a majority of people that are uh, unconsciously all of those things unconsciously Mm -hmm. racist unconsciously sexist unconsciously anti anything that's not evangelical or anti anything that's not pentecostal and i think that having these kind of conversations definitely awakens the fact that it's like okay well think about what you're doing you can't just blindly believe christianity you can't just blindly accept what your what your pastor your youth pastor your bible study leader or whatever are saying you can't just blindly accept what your parents or your relatives are saying. You need to think about it. And that's even in the Bible. Like Paul talks about that where he's like, don't just take what I say at face value. You need to go back to your scriptures. You need to go back to the teachings of Jesus and check what I'm saying and what your leaders are saying against the actual Bible. And if it's if it's extra, if it's not something, if you're like, well, based on the Bible, I conclude this. No, it has to be like, okay, well, like. If this is something I'm using as like an absolute rule, oh, you will you have to you have to vote for Donald Trump to be a Christian. Where in the Bible does it say that it's okay to just grab people? Like Jesus literally it doesn't. Lit, literally, like literally, I came across this thing. It came up in my memories on Facebook, where it was like, yo, you should read the Bible more often, like see what Jesus talked about, because it's fucking hilarious. Because his disciples came up to him. And we're like, Ayo Jesus, there's some ladies over there with some kiggle bitties and like some real nice junk in her trunk. We want to touch her. What should we do? And he's like, cut off your fucking hands. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you can't do that if you don't have no hands, bro. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And they're like, well, what if we, like, see something, and, like, it turns us away. He's like, fucking gouge out your fucking (laughs) eyes. Oh, my God. like
1: so bizarre to me, but I don't know that I'll ever... No, I do understand it, actually. I was gonna say I don't know that I'll ever understand it, but I do. But none of the reasons that it exists are good. It's not to bring people to God. It's not to... It's not to, you know, mend relationships or show people that they're loved. It is all about something else. Yeah. Since we have sort of, like, retitled this episode a little bit, I wanted to throw a really great book out there. Mm -hmm. It's called Jesus and Buddha as Brothers. Oh, yeah. It is a phenomenal book. So if anybody's looking for book recommendations, you're bored during quarantine, whatever, It's an amazing book. It was written in like 1999. So it's like a little bit aged as far as some of the language, but it's incredible. It's all the comparisons between Buddha and Jesus and how there's theories that they knew each other and spoke to each other and how they shared rituals and traditions and things of that sort and how they actually shared a lot of the same values. Anyway, it's a great book. So, if you're looking for something to read, read up um, on that.
0: Hell yeah. So, do you have any other things that you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. I think that's probably good. I would like to end this episode on some things that I learned about tarot cards. Just to, like, leave it on a light note. Because we got pretty deep. Yeah. (laughs) And some of the things that I learned about tarot cards were really cool. So... If you do decide to read tarot cards or just get into it on your own, like I said, tarot cards contain like s- certain symbols and pictures that come from like the human consciousness. So if you are going to choose a tarot card deck to just play with during Miss Rona season, this website called Golden Thread Tarot suggests that you pick one that has artwork that specifically speaks to you. They suggest the Rider Waite deck, which is like the usual one where you see with, you know, like the, the queens and the knights and everything that everybody mm-hmm. sees. What I thought was super cool was it was originally published in 1910. and Granted, tarot cards came from Eastern Europe and the Turkey area. So they've been around since like the 1400s. But the first Western type deck came in 1910, and it was produced by Arthur Edward Wait, who was a scholar, so not just like a woo mysticism guy or whatever. <laughs> he was a literal scholar. William Ryder was the publisher. And they were all hand-drawn by artist Pamela Coleman-Smith, who is a black woman love and she was commissioned 78 paintings which of course she did not get paid very well for but i just thought that was like so cool and she was a young black artist and she was in like the theater she was in the theater scene and everything so definitely somebody that you should read up on like because she's just a very interesting person so yeah just a little fun little thing you know to to know about good know about yeah
1: i also have a small fun fact about tarot cards, just to also leave it on a positive note because you made me think of this. So I have a friend who grew up staunchly Catholic and she is, wanted to get into tarot readings. And she was like, I really wish that there were tarot cards that existed that had like saints on them, because I feel like that would resonate with me more. And I actually found some and I bought them for her for her birthday. And it's called Voices of Saints. Ooh. So all of the, it looks like on Amazon right now, it's currently unavailable, you can usually buy it. And you can buy like just the regular box set. And it comes with you know, the little book that tells you what all the cards stand for and all of those things. So if you're looking for like a, you know, maybe you consider yourself a Christian or a person of faith or what have you, and you think something like that resonates with you more, there are other options for practicing tarot from a more religious, I guess, perspective. So she showed them to me like after I gave them to her for her birthday, and they're really beautiful cards. They're like All of the saints are like painted on them and then it has really nice descriptions of what all the saints stand for and whatever. So I just wanted to throw that out there in case that's something people are interested in um, as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I've mentioned this artist before, but there is a trans girl on Instagram. She goes by the Ink Maiden. That's her handle, the Ink Maiden. And her name is Janie Olivier. And she has created a tarot deck that is completely comprised of queer people, people mm. of color, people with disabilities, all types of body types as well, and it's really beautiful. I'm not sure if her if her shop is open right now cuz I know she's, you know, dealing with the whole coronavirus and everything, but definitely at least check out her art. You can see pretty much all of the the cards that she's created on her Instagram feed and they're really well done and they are super inclusive which i love because not only are they queer not only are they people of color but then also they feature people with disabilities as well so it's just it's quite wonderful and she's a great artist so definitely go follow her if you haven't already yeah check it out cool
1: anything else you want to add
0: no i think I was more going towards this episode as being like kind of like more practical on like if you wanted to read your own tarot or horoscopes, but I love how it ended up being, anyways, because <laughs> we called out racism and sexism within the evangelicals. and yes. I love doing that.
1: <laughs> well, if you want to follow us on Instagram, we are Two Queers Podcast. It's T W O. Two Queers podcast, and that's on Instagram. My Instagram is hi underscore I'm Dom. The high has two eyes, and also I really want everyone to, f- you know, for those of you who have Instagram, I really think that you should follow one of our great friends, and her Instagram is Disology. I really love plugging her shit because it is honestly every single day she posts stuff and I'm like, this is fire. This is like amazing content. So it's a D-I-S underscore ology, O-L-O-G-Y. And she just talks about dismantling her faith and really calls out the evangelical church on a regular basis. And I'm just like, really, really here for it. So um, so everyone should go follow
0: her. Yeah. She literally is so amazing because she is a stay at home mom and she has multiple children who she takes care of like all the time and yet she like comes out with all of this fire material and Mm -hmm. it's so pointed it doesn't hold any punches she is extremely honest and i love that because there are not a lot of women who feel comfortable coming out of like an evangelical situation and really speaking their truth because not only do evangelicals shun women who, it, it will shun women in general, but, but especially shun women who have left, quote unquote, left the faith. But she, she has like such a a wealth of knowledge, even like past like anything I know, because she's done her research. She's like she hasn't gone to seminary, but she knows everything that anyone would know with having gone to seminary and she knows she knows her history she knows all the different interpretations of the bible and she's not using it to control anybody she's using it for informational purposes which i love and she's wonderful i love ashley
1: yeah i agree i think she's great i'm grateful that you introduced me to her because i think that she's super awesome Mm -hmm. super awesome and she's just so nice too Yeah, Yeah, just like a quality person all
0: around. Mm -hmm. You want to tell us about our our twitters and stuff? Yes. So you can find us on Two Queers podcasts on Twitter, but the two is the number two, and you can find me on Everything Emily Craig Art. Craig is spelled K R I E G. And again, Ashley's socials are Disology D I S underscore. O
1: L O G Y. Go follow her. Cool. So thanks for hanging out with us, listening to us rant. I know we got a little bit sidetracked, but hopefully it was still informative and 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 entertaining. Maybe at some points.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, all right. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. See you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>